You're listening to Song Exploder, where musicians take apart their songs and piece by piece tell the story of how they were made. I'm Rishikesh Hirway. Song Exploder is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive helps you compare direct auto rates from a variety of companies so you can find a great one, even if it's not with them. Quote today at Progressive.com to find a rate that works with your budget. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. This episode contains explicit language. Noah Khan is a singer and songwriter from Stratford, Vermont. Last year, in 2022, he released Stick Season, his third record. The title track from that record went viral on TikTok when Noah was first writing it and posting pieces of it. One of those videos has over 10 million plays. And as of this recording, on Spotify, the full song has almost 100 million streams. For this episode, Noah talked to me about the process of making that song, what led him to post half a song on TikTok, and what happened after that. You'll hear the raw recordings off his phone, the different drafts he made as he worked. You'll hear the versions he first shared on social media. And you'll hear his bracingly honest appraisal of the winding path he took in his life and in his music to get to where he is now. Finished the season of the sticks and I saw your mom. She forgot that I existed and it's half my fault. But I just like to play the victim. I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas and I'll. My name is Noah Khan. I graduated high school and I got a record deal when I was a senior and I had to kind of decide between going to Tulane in New Orleans or taking this record deal and you know, it was a pretty easy choice. I was never a great student, never really applied myself and kind of just fucked around in school. And I didn't think college was going to be something that was beneficial for me. And my parents were kind of like, hey, this is so expensive. Like if you can get a record deal and like go pursue music, then do it. But, you know, ultimately I was such a fledgling artist and fledgling signing for the company that it wasn't like a immediate rise of stardom. It was kind of like go back to your parents' house and start writing some songs and building up the portfolio. And I didn't realize that it was going to be such a long process of development. And a lot of that development was spent in Stratford. So Stick Season kind of goes back almost three years now. Stick Season is between autumn and winter where all the leaves are off the trees. I had been hearing the term my whole life from older neighbors and people in New Hampshire, Vermont, where I grew up. Everyone was like, yeah, Stick Season is the worst. I would always just kind of get super depressed at that time of year. I had been trying to write a song with Stick Season in it for a while. I had a song that was called The Season of the Sticks uh, that was this really gloomy, interlude track that never ended up seeing the light of day. But I was really trying to incorporate, you know, that, that phrase. So I was in Los Angeles making my second record in November of 2020. At the time, I felt like I was making music that I didn't love. And um, it was tough making the record and feeling that way. It definitely felt like the last pop-centric record that I was going to make. My heart has always been uh, with folk music and storytelling. And so I would go back to my Airbnb or wake up in my Airbnb in the morning before the session and try to write little stories about New England and try to write songs that sounded like the ones I loved growing up. You know, artists like Counting Crows and the Avett Brothers and Paul Simon, guys that told stories and transported you to a different place. In my life, I was feeling insecure and I was really looking for a way to kind of have a burst of approval that might 
artificially make me feel better about myself. And so I was like, I'm just going to write a verse tonight and I'll put it up on TikTok because I want to feel approval from people because it certainly wasn't coming from myself. So I started writing about being stuck at home, which is something that I'd felt for a long time. I started writing about a person that doesn't want to stay in one place but can't leave and that feeling of separation and kind of somebody leaving you and knowing you can't do anything about it and knowing that maybe some of it's your fault. And I wanted to set it to the metaphor of driving. As you promised me that I was more than all the miles combined, you must have had yourself a change of heart like halfway through the drive because your voice trailed off exactly as you passed my exit sign. You kept on driving straight and left our future to the right. Now I am stuck between my anger and the blame that I can't face in memories of something even smoking weed cannot replace. And I am terrified of weather because I see you when it rains. And Doc told me to travel, but there's COVID on the plane, so I am fucked. I'm fucked, and I suck. And you suck, and this sucks. Fuck. And I captioned it. I don't want to keep buying weed from high school kids anymore, Uh, which was the perfect caption for a song about feeling like you're stuck in your hometown. Yeah, I posted it and I was not confident in it at all. Put my phone down for a few minutes and went and I brushed my teeth and got into bed and looked at my phone. I was like, man, no one is reacting to this. Like this does suck and I do suck. Perfect. I woke up the next morning and the song had really started to take off on TikTok and it had like five or 600 comments, which for me was so much. And people are like, post a full song, post a full song. And I'm like, oh no, I have not written anything else besides this. And so (laughs) I kind of fell into this trap where I had half of a song and people really liked it. And I knew I needed to write a chorus, which was a little bit daunting. And I thought, you know, this is a folk song. It feels like it needs to be simple and it doesn't need to be musically all over the place. So I kind of just started to write over those chords that I used in the verse over again. And and I remembered that I had a song called The Season of the Sticks. And I started singing, I love Vermont. <laughs> and I think I kind of wanted it to sound like a country song. And so I was like, I love Vermont. And I was singing it like with a twang. Oh, Vermont in the season of the sticks now. And it somehow made it like way easier for me to write. I don't know why. I was like, this is cool. It felt like I was outside of myself for a second and it was fun and kind of stupid. And so I was messing around with a ton of different melodies. And I think I was trying to do some falsetto flips in there. You know, dream each night of some version of you and I'll feel your eyes and this whole and I'll that's all the same morning. I believe it was October 29th. You know, I had gotten to a point where I was like struggling so much to write that I was like, if I have something cool, I need to sit down and finish this or else I will not come back to it. And so I kept kind of digging at it that morning and I wrote the chorus and I posted the chorus. Doc told me to travel, but there's COVID on the planes, and I 
And then the chorus really did well on TikTok. People were really into it. And then it became like another added layer of like, oh my gosh, I have to write a second verse. The second verse took a lot longer to write. I, I didn't finish it in Los Angeles. I had returned to Vermont because it was the holidays. It was like Thanksgiving. And I spent like three, four full days just like sitting around, messing around with lyrics. And yeah, ended up, you know, writing a little bit about my dad. So I thought that if I piled something good and all my bad that I could cancel out the darkness I inherited from dad. I have depression and anxiety, which I've dealt with my entire life. And my dad and my mom both did. And my dad particularly struggles with depression. And a lot of my life, I wasn't dealing with my depression in the right ways. I was trying to just tour through my depression or drink through my depression or eat through my depression and, you know, piling these things that are supposed to be fun and cool over a really real problem. And it was not working for me. But I find that in songs that I grew up listening to, when I was really struggling with a problem that I thought no one else in the world had, I would hear a song lyric that just hit the nail on the head with what I was feeling and it would make me feel understood. I feel like the amount of help that I got from artists when I was growing up, that if I could provide that for somebody else, then maybe the discomfort of talking about my dad's depression would uh, help somebody. So the next thing for the life of the song was starting to play it live. You guys hear that? Tons of people already knew the words to the song. It was the first tour after COVID, so that COVID on the planes line was really exciting for people. Don't told me to travel, but there's COVID on the planes, and I love your mom, but it's the season of the sticks, and I saw your mom, she forgot that I existed. What was funny about stick season was how easy it came at the beginning and how difficult it ended up being to see it through to the end. My manager manages a producer named Gabe Simon, and so I went down to Nashville to work with Gabe, and we spent a couple hours of kind of just hanging out and talking, and I felt super comfortable. And I was realizing that the success the song had was from this very nonchalant Airbnb TikTok. And I was like, let's just kind of try to make it feel like that. Fun and energetic, but not too self-serious. The first thing we recorded at Gabe's, we did like a vocal and guitar to a click just to kind of get a scratch down, and it actually felt really good. So then the next thing we did was we tried a couple different guitars. And Gabe used the pick guard to kind of create the rhythm and sound almost like a kick drum, which was a really cool touch. That's Gabe Simon playing the banjo on the record. He professes that he is not a banjo player, but I thought he played it quite nicely. It just felt like home to me in a lot of ways. Like, when I was growing up, my mom played the banjo. And when I lived in Hanover, we lived right across the road from the Appalachian Trail, and we would hike it all the time, you know? I felt like incorporating that was kind of an ode to Appalachia in a lot of ways. 
my favorite lines I've ever made was drinking alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas just because it's just such a, it was so true to my experience living in Stratford when all my friends were gone. But I just like to play the victim, I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas. I would just kind of count the days down until December 20th when my buddies would get back from college and and those days when my friends came home felt like I was kind of back to a normal life, which was uh, really valuable to me at the time. And so we did a bunch of gang vocals at the end because I wanted it to be like all my friends were back home singing the last chorus with me. It was Gabe and Conrad and I yelling and shouting. Conrad Snyder, who uh, engineered it. Half my fault, but I just like to play the victim. I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas. And I'll dream each night of some virginity that I And so we sent in a draft to the management. They were like, this is really cool, but I think it might be a little corny. Just like huge gang vocal at the end of this kind of more stripped back intimate song. And we are like, yeah, I think you might be right. And then I went down the rabbit hole of production, trying new things and re-recording vocals. But it was definitely a slog and a grind. After the second verse hits, I wanted to give it another lift with some harmonies. Dream each night of some virgin youth. I am the biggest fan of like a beautiful harmony, like right when it clicks into the melody, like it just feels so satisfying. Might not have, but I did not lose. The ending definitely feels to me like a reunion with the friends coming home from Christmas. The people being back and that feeling of being alone, not being there so much anymore. And I think that's what I really wanted to accomplish with the gang vocals of like, I'm not alone anymore, but I think there was a more nuanced way to do it. By the time the song was finished, it was cool to kind of have that full circle moment of, you know, going from a place where I was feeling very burnt out creatively to having my most successful song be one that I just wrote because it was funny and made me happy and I was bored of my Airbnb. I've come to the realization that no amount of success and no amount of creative fulfillment will ever make me a complete or fully happy person. I, I think it used to be if I can just get in the room with this person or if I can get this many streams or play this venue, then I'll be happy. Now, unfortunately, that's not really how it works. And I, I've had to do a lot of work in therapy and just in my life trying to find out what makes me happy and how to find fulfillment. I think what was really cool about the whole process was that seeing people react to stick season in that way reaffirmed my belief in what creativity means and what a job in the music industry can look like. How about your feelings about stick season? Has that changed at all? Like, Do you like that time of year better now that it's responsible for this big hit of yours? I still absolutely hate Stixies in Vermont. It's miserable. There's just nothing redeeming about it. It's so gray and cold. Everyone in my family gets like super depressed and then we're all like grumpy and annoying to be around. So no, absolutely not. I could write a million songs about Stixies and I would still hate it. <laughs> and now here's Stick Season by Noah Kahn in its entirety. As you promised me that I was more than all the miles combined, you must have had yourself a change of heart like halfway through the drive because your voice trailed off exactly as you passed my exit sign. 
kept on driving straight and left our future to the right now i am stuck between my anger and the blame that i can't face and memories or something even smoking weed is not replaced and i am terrified of weather because i see you when it rains doc told me to travel but there's covid on the plains and i Vermont, but it's the season of the sticks And I saw your mom She forgot that I existed And it's half my fault But I just like to play the victim I'll drink alcohol Till my friends come home for Christmas And I'll dream each night Of some version of you That I might not have But I did not lose Now your tired tracks And one pair of shoes And I'm Split in half, but that'll have to do So I thought that if I piled something good and all my bad That I could cancel out the darkness I inherited from Dad No, I am no longer funny, cause I missed the way you laughed You once called me forever, now you still can't call me back And I love Vermont, but it's the season of the sticks and I Talk your mom, she forgot that I existed And it's half my fault But I just like to play the victim I'll drink alcohol Till my friends come home for Christmas And I'll dream each night of some virgin of you That I might not have But I did not lose Now your tired tracks and one pair of shoes And I'm split in half But that will have to do the sticks and I saw your mom she forgot that I existed and it's half my fault but I just like to play the victim I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas and I'll dream each night of some virgin of you that I might not have but I did not lose now your tired tracks and one pair of shoes and I'm spinning half that old For more, visit songexploder.net. You'll find links to buy or stream Stick Season, and you can watch the music video. I've also linked to the original TikTok videos that Noah made when he was first writing. From Wondery and Audible comes Class of 88, a new podcast hosted by Will Smith about the one game-changing year that sparked the world's obsession with rap and hip-hop. Before 1988, a lot of people didn't take hip-hop seriously, but hip-hop today touches everything from film to fashion to sports. So what changed? Will Smith will walk you through the historical moments and milestones from that year and reveal never-before-heard stories about legends like Public Enemy, salt and Peppa, and Queen Latifah. Follow Class of 88 wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Song Exploder was made by me, Craig Ely, Kathleen Smith, and Mary Dolan. The episode artwork is by Carlos Lerma, and I made the show's theme music and logo. Song Exploder is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a network of independent, listener-supported, artist-owned podcasts. You can learn more about our shows at radiotopia.fm. 
You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rishi Hereway, and you can follow the show at Song Exploder. You can also get a Song Exploder t-shirt at songexploder.net slash shirt. I'm Rishi K. Hereway. Thanks for listening. Radiotopia. I'm excited to tell you about a brand new show from Radiotopia called The Recipe. It's hosted by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt and Deb Perlman. You might know Kenji from Serious Eats and all his incredible food wisdom. He's also the author of the cookbooks The Food Lab and The Walk, both of which are New York Times bestsellers. Deb is the creator of the extremely popular recipe website, Smitten Kitchen. She's a self-taught home cook and cookbook author. And on this new show, Deb and Kenji will do a deep dive into the techniques and ingredients behind some of the most popular go-to dishes. Look for the recipe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes start February 26th.